People always ask me what type of marketing we do at the practice to see on average 165 new patients each and every month. And I always say the same thing, reviews. And more importantly, I rank high on Google. You may have heard me talk in the past about how my practice's website and Google search ranking has been the most beneficial element to my practice's growth. Well, I've been happily working with the same marketing person for the past four years, and now you can too. Relevance Online Marketing will take you from non-existence to the top of the pack using their revolutionary approach to SEO and pay-per-click advertising. No contracts, no BS, and only the results that you can take to the bank. So if you are looking for a marketing company that gives your practice the attention and care it deserves, look no further than Relevance Online Marketing. Mention Dental Practice Heroes and get your first month free, risk-free, with absolutely no obligations. Relevance Online Marketing will take your online marketing from zero to hero. Go to RelevanceOnlineMarketing.com and set up a demo today. That's RelevanceOnlineMarketing.com and gear up for some real practice growth. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Dental Practice Heroes podcast. We're here on Monday, November 14th. I hope you're having a great November, getting excited for the holiday season. Thanksgiving, my favorite, probably one of my favorite holidays. I just love turkey and stuffing. I mean, it's just like one of my favorite things to eat. I love turkey stuffing, mix it with the potatoes, with the corn. Oh, yeah, I'm excited for Thanksgiving. I have a hernia. I have to get a hernia surgery next week. So my Thanksgiving is going to be kind of a little bit laid up. I'll be two days post-op then. I'm still going to have some turkey. It's still going to be good. So I've been working with this trainer for like the past like two and a half years, which is great. If you like want to get in shape, work with a personal trainer. I promise you it's different than working on your own. I promise you, you will work very, you'll work much harder with a trainer than you would by yourself working out alone and, and just get to switch things up makes it a little bit more interesting. But you start getting strong and then you start like lifting heavy stuff and then you think you're strong and then. And then something happens in your body that makes you realize that you are 40 plus, you know, I'm 41 now. I don't think I want to lift heavy weights anymore. I don't want to do anything that I can only pick up or put down like one or two times. So we were trying something new and something kind of didn't feel right. And now I've got an inguinal hernia that I have to get repaired and I won't be able to do. I haven't done any lower body since I've it happened maybe a month ago and I won't be able to do any lower body for like a month after that. So Nice job, Paul. Way to go. Way to screw things up. But that's coming up next week. Hey, I want to touch on, I wrote this post on the Business of Dentistry Facebook page, and it was just essentially in response to somebody kind of saying bad things about people that are partnering up with DSOs. And I do acknowledge, yeah, there's some bad DSOs out there. There's probably a lot of bad DSOs out there. I'm part of a DSO that I'm very happy with. And MB2 talks about how they're a dental partnership organization, not a DSO, they're a DPO, and how that model is a little bit different. But I posted on the Business of Dentistry, and if you want to find that post, go to the Business of Dentistry Facebook page and just search my name. And I posted how it could, an example of why it does make sense, because everyone's looking at this and they're saying, why are people doing this? They're in their 30s. They're, they're young. They're not ready to sell. What are they doing? And my whole point of my post is that when we look at EBITDA multiples, and, and for those who don't know what an EBITDA is, if, if you took your, your practice and you took like what you took home last year, and then you just subtracted out what paying yourself 30% of your production would be, 
that leftover number would essentially kind of be your EBITDA. It's your, it's your owner profit. And the way they value these practices on a multiple of EBITDA, anywhere from, you know, four and a half to eight X multiple of EBITDA. So we're taking something and the one poster said something along the lines of like, why would you take something at a five X EBITDA and then work for five years? And I agree. Yeah, that doesn't make much sense. I mean, you're, you're going to get five years of profit up front and then you're going to work for five years. So essentially you, you've given it up. But that's the thing. That's like a complete 100% sale. And that's not really what the market and what the, the, a lot of these DSOs are doing now. Now they're doing more of a partnership model, which is what MB2 does, where they buy a portion of the practice. And then they come and you get to sell more equity in your practice as they recapitalize their debt. And you get to sell at those higher multiples, you know, 12 to 15x of EBITDA. And if you take maybe... Say you took 60% of your practice and you sold it at like a five and a half, six X of EBITDA. And then you came back and sold a quarter at a recap at 15 X. That quarter practice at the recap multiple is pretty much the, almost the same number as you selling, you know, over half your practice. It's one of those things that you get to work with this group. You get to grow and use these higher multiples. And it's more of an investment and a wealth generation tool. And more of your, I kind of look at it as a diversification. Like if you look at these, I do these multifamily funds where I buy into apartment buildings and we buy into a single apartment. And then I have some other ones where there's like seven or eight multifamilies in one fund. And you get that diversification because now your wealth creation is more dependent on the group's growth and less dependent on your singular microeconomic practice growth because now you're part of the group. So essentially what I did is I took a, an example, I said a $1.5 million practice. I'm saying the EBITDA is 25%. So the EBITDA is $375,000, right? And if the doctor pays himself 30% of production, we're assuming that they're going to produce a million dollars and hygiene is going to do $500,000. That's where the $1.5 million comes from. Doctor takes home $675,000. You know, now that's a pretty, I mean, that's a good overhead. That's a well-running practice. Is it reasonable? Yeah, I think that's a reasonable number for a practice that size. And I take into the taxes here because when we do ordinary income tax, we pay at a higher rate than what we pay for capital gains tax. And when you're invested in a DSO, you're starting to look at like the investment gains. You're looking at the compounding. You're looking at paying capital gains tax, which is a much lower rate, you know, 15, 20, 25%, depending on what your state capital gains rate are and depending on what your income is, but a lower rate than ordinary income tax is what I'm trying to say. So I got this person, this fictional you know, example where we're just going to go eight years because the DSO, guys, I'm doing my best to like kind of break this down. And I don't know if this is going to translate well or not, because there's just a lot of moving parts to this. But what a DSO does is they recapitalize their debt. And what that means is recapitalization just means like you're changing the balance between assets, debt, and equity. So stuff you own, the equity in the company, and how much debt that company has. And essentially, when a DSO does this, they're selling equity and they're changing their debt. So what they'll do is they'll sell to a private equity group. And that private equity group will come in and they will buy equity in the company at a 12 to 15x of what the EBITDA is. This is how the this just kind of works. And it just goes and goes and goes. Now, will, will it go forever? I don't know. You know, probably not. At some point, private equity is going to lose interest in dentistry and these multiples won't be there. And I'm not trying to create scarcity and say like, 
hey, if you're not partnering up, you're missing it. But I think we can all agree that we're seeing a lot more people do this. A lot more people are doing this. And you know, we're seeing it on forums. A lot of us know people that have partnered up. I know MB2, I was there, I want to say 180th office, a little over, almost exactly two years ago. And I think they just surpassed 500 offices at this point. So you can see how many people are doing this. And we're seeing the consolidation of the industry. And hopefully in a way that's you know in line with patient care. I know MB2 is in line with patient care. And MB2 is the doctors retain ownership. It's dentist-owned. A lot of the people in the C-suite are dentists. It's, it's a great group. And it's not about profits and selling little things and perio numbers. It's just like it's a bunch of people banding together to get these large-scale EBITDA multiples for selling equity. So why would you sell equity ownership in your practice? So in my example, I have the doc, you know, at this $1.5 million practice taking home a gross $675,000 after taxes, just assuming like a 31% tax rate, $472,000 a year. And that's not including debt service. That's not including paying the practice loan. This is just what taxable income would be. So after an eight-year span, this doc makes $3.78 million and still retains 100% ownership of this $1.5 million practice, which we're just going to value at $1.5 million. So roughly 5.2-ish in wealth generation, I guess, over eight years. So I have this example where this doctor sells to a DSO, and this DSO will recap two times in this eight-year period. Typically, a DSO will recap every three to four years. And that's one of the reasons you want to get a part of a, a good DSO that has a good structure, that has a good track record, because you don't want to get stuck waiting around. I have some friends that partnered up with some smaller DSOs, and they're still waiting for their first recap. And that's where the money is made. So this person essentially invests in the DSO. And these are all reasonable multiples, reasonable gains. And just this person is not a majority owner in their practice anymore. And they just sell half their equity at the beginning. They sell 60% at the beginning, and then they sell half their remaining equity at each of the recaps. And they invest in the DSO. And just a long story short, if you want to go to check out my numbers and stuff on this, go to the Business of Dentistry page and find my posts. This doctor ends up at the end of the eight-year period having $12.2 million. And they still own 15% of the practice. This is something that, you know, if you look at the numbers, what kind of EBITDA multiple is that? You know, that's something like a 20X. Now, if somebody said, hey, I will give you 20 years worth of profit all at once. And it's not all at once because it takes eight years. But 20 years of profit versus, you know, the doctor that kept it and, you know, got much less. So, it's not about that initial multiple. It's not about that initial cash event when you first partner up. It's about the later down the line, investing in the company and getting these higher multiples and then having stock where some a private equity group comes in and buys your stock and these stocks split. You'll have a stock that you'll buy at a dollar and then it'll go to three and a half dollars. And then when the company recaps, they'll split it so that you get... Th- Instead of having one share at three and a half dollars, you'll have three and a half shares at one dollar. And I don't know how much sense this is making because it's coming out of my mouth. I'm like, holy shit, people are probably like, oh my God. But my whole point of this is that this is how people generate wealth during what's happening in our industry right now. At some point, 
private equity will probably lose interest in the dental environment. And at that point, those multiples will no longer be reachable. And at that point, people like DSLs will not be paying the higher multiples to acquire practices unless they've got a proven model that they can show that can continue to give a return for the private equity investors. Because without the return for the private equity, nobody's getting these multiples. So I hope that wasn't an overload, but if anyone's thinking about partnering with MB2, just thinking about doing this, happy to have a phone call with you. Reach out to me, dentalpracticeheroes at gmail.com. Reach out to me on Facebook. Happy to do this, help you do this, help you through, I guess I'm not going to help you through the negotiations, but I can help you look at your deal and make it make more sense with you. Because there's a lot of a lot of moving parts in here and there's a lot of contractual stuff. But in my experience from shopping different DSOs, working with a broker to shop different DSOs, my, my MB2 transaction did not use a broker. I just got a broker to get some other, some other offers just to see what was out there. And I, t- I didn't find any difference in anything the broker found me versus what I got on my own. Just have a better understanding of, of what this is. Because my opinion is that the MB2 contract was very cut and dry, very easy to understand, whereas some other DSOs, it was very complicated, lots of clauses, lots of different things. It's a scary thing to sell your practice. I mean, it's, it's a big decision. But what I want people to see is that there is something going on in our industry that we can capitalize on and we can enjoy it. And some people might say, hey, we're selling out for future generations of dentists. I don't know if we're doing that. I mean, I guess there's some possibility if we're doing that. That kind of reminds me of the PPP loan. I didn't think it was right to take the money. I thought it was a a dumb policy, but man, everybody else was doing it. So I'm not going to sit back and not take it, right? Just like this, it's happening. Whether you want to admit it or not, it's, this is what's happening to our industry. So if anyone's interested in talking about that with me, happy to have a phone call with you. Reach out to me, dentalpracticeheroes at gmail.com. And I hope this just got you thinking a little bit. Go on to the business dentistry. You can look at my numbers, a little bit more explanation there. Might be easier with some visuals and stuff like that than listening to me talk on this episode. All right, everybody have a great week. Wish me luck. Say some prayers for me. I'll be going under and getting my hernia repaired. I'm kind of looking forward to taking a little time off. You know, I'm going to take a little time off and just lay in bed and it's kind of good, you know, you know, laying in bed and have the wife make me whatever I want and and just going to sit there and eat and watch a bunch of TV and read books and kind of just check out for a few weeks. So I'm looking forward to that. So everybody have a great week and we will come back and talk to you after Thanksgiving. Take care.